The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too. And I'll be right there behind you. All in the name of oh, All in the name of oh, All in the name of Constant listeners, and welcome yet again to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast from the Consequence Podcast Network. First things first, we missed you. Thank you for allowing us three weeks to relax, retool, recharge, and read some Stephen King. And which, take a big splash. A big splash. I went to the ocean. No, I didn't. I didn't actually go to the ocean. <laughs> I went in the ocean. Did you? Yeah, just for a little bit. It's been an eventful three weeks, though. Uh, some of us have been reading Stephen King's new book, The Institute. Some of us saw It Chapter 2, which we're here to talk about today. Uh, and some of us have been obsessively writing whatever Stephen King news comes down the pipe, like a uh, girl who loved Tom Gordon, Yeah, which is happening. Which but you're one? the boy that hated Tom Gordon. Right? I didn't hate it. I'm just not a huge fan. I actually, I think I might like it now that I'm older, uh-huh. um, just because. Like I, the suit fan song? Yeah. Mm. Is that the, yeah, I love that song. I was, I was going to try to imitate it, and I realized how bad that would sound. Um, that's, a, that's a slim book, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just remember when I read it, I, was, I just wanted, like, you know, shock, shock horror, not a, a girl, you know, coming of age in the woods with a mm. weird bear behind her. Spoiler alert. A spoiler alert. Um, so let's just break things down. We've been absent the last three weeks. Uh, just, you know, it's, it's a lot doing the pod, and it's good for us to take a break sometimes. And we have so many old episodes for you guys to listen to. We've been remastering a bunch. We've been, we got some Bachman books back in the feed. I was feed. so excited to see Roadwork out there. Roadwork yeah, is, so is out there. There. Oh, adaptation of roadwork happening. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. I can't wait. Hey, you know what? Somebody brought to mind, like one of our constant listeners uh-huh. was like, look, this could be really good if they're that passionate about it. And I'm like, all right, well, because it's true. They could do anything they want. And the fact so that they chose saying, roadwork is really weird. Like, well, yeah, but what, what would that, they would have to literally change everything about roadwork oh, to make it a good It's going to be movie. all about like living in Trump's America. That's what yeah. it's going to be. I mean, the red tape that comes with government, the progress of change and all this so other stuff. So nothing like the book to yeah, be, 
much. order for it to be good. That's what we're saying. We're talking <laughs> this uh, King Renaissance's lawnmower, man. <laughs> I, I, I will <laughs> be so excited if this thing turns into a lawnmower, man, cult hit. <laughs> I hope it makes a sequel where it's like Road Work 2, Job's War. <laughs> <laughs> Job's War. It's not even trying anymore. That does sound like Trump's America. What if they got Jeff Fahey Hi. to be uh, Road Work? Sign me up. <laughs> All right. I think he's good casting. Yeah. Oh, he's a little uh, old I now. Think Fahey, no, I think Fahey would do really well. He's in, like 70 something years there, old. There's some, there's a few characters in Roadwork I think he'd be good as. Um, like the wife. The, oh, that could be good. Jeff, well, he has long hair too. That could work. Um, so few things that we got coming up down the pipe next week. Tune in. We're going to have our spoilerific uh, it chapter two review. Uh, we'll be joined by Anthony Bresnikin, who has joined us in the past and former entertainment weekly correspondent. Good pal of Stephen King. And now a Vanity Fair. Oh, he's with Vanity editor. Fair. Very oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, that's major. Good. Kudos. Yeah, because uh, I think we're all big fans of his. So we're happy to hear that. So but yeah, he's got the scoop on King. We're happy to have him on the pod and we're happy to talk about it because we saw uh, it chapter two last week early and, uh, yeah and we're going to be today talking about some questions that you guys have sent us about it's spoiler free we're just here to kind of uh you know lay the groundwork or the roadwork you might say yeah and so but so we got that review coming up next week and then in the coming months i just kind of want to give you guys a broad overview of where things are headed so you know what to read what to get ready for so uh through the end of the year here's some of the things we got lined up week to week creep show coverage yep creep show is debuting when september september 27th on shutter on Shutter, uh, we're very excited for that. So we'll be doing weekly recaps, discussions about that. Maybe some fun interviews. We'll see how things shake out. Uh, we'll also be giving sort of a brief, not a full in-depth book episode, but we'll be talking about the Institute, the new Stephen King book that is due out uh, mid-September, September tenth. September tenth. I have read it in full already, and I am very excited to talk about it. So we'll be doing an episode about that, breaking down the latest news as well, and then uh, we're going to switch things up a little bit by. Uh, Doing a, giving the full book treatment to a book that otherwise we wouldn't be reviewing for several years, oh, yeah. which is Dr. Sleep, the mm-hmm. sequel to The Shining. We're going to be doing a full book review of that uh, in conjunction with the film, which is dropping in November, starring Ewan McGregor. Mm. And, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Lots of good people. That's yeah. right. So Dr. Sleep, directed by Mike Flanagan, who also did Haunting of Hill House and Gerald's Game. And so you spoke to him. In I did. I love... That's like one of my favorite interviews, because he was so genuine, and he really loves Stephen King. Like, yeah. uh, so I, I like even though I don't love Doctor Sleep, like I totally trust him with it, and I'm very optimistic about the movie. And I will say, after seeing uh, it, Chapter Two, I'm totally stoked that his promise of no jump scares is <laughs> 100 legit. It's a little, little sneak preview of today. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to reread Doctor Sleep, that would be good because we will be doing a full book episode on it. We're excited, and then also before the end of the year, we'll be tackling the third Dark Tower book, The Wastelands. Which, man, you guys are really getting into the meat of it now. Love the Wastelands. Wastelands is arguably maybe the most page turning of the the Dark Tower. I don't know. I don't know about page turning, but it's definitely the most. Uh, really sets and paints the picture. Yeah, of Midworld. It's eventful. It's very There's eventful. so much in this book. I, yeah. I'm forgetting as I'm reading it. I'm just I'm blown away about how much information is dropped in this book. 
that we just like bandy around like the, the terminology, the world, the, the mm-hmm. way, the, the way that things are and just it's tons, crazy. Tons of King's dominion. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of like when the whole series starts kicking into high gear. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's exciting. And then, um, I think maybe somewhere in there we'll be doing a lobstrosities on, uh, creep show three. Yeah. Maybe you did or did not know it existed. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Casper Van Dien. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was going to say, I know you guys are aching for us to do a Casper Van Dien movie for lobstrosities. And you know what? It'll happen. Maybe not this year, but don't don't get me wrong. Maybe April next year. <laughs> We're not letting it go. Maybe Python. Great film. Uh, he's great in it. So, but for today, let's talk about it. Chapter two. So we're going to, like I said, we're instead of a proper review. This is a spoiler-free zone, and we're going to be talking about Pennywise, uh, Dan- a, dancing, dan- the dancing clown, dancing clown. What a bad boy! And we're just going to be answering some questions you guys sent us, laying the you know sort of. You know, giving you guys a, a general sense of what you can expect from this movie. We're, we're bringing you into the clubhouse. It's true. So, um, hand me that glass of water. <laughs> Mike, uh, give us some music to lead us in. Right. Uh, let's start. Uh, Joe Codina asks, do they all really float down there? And do you see this leading to the expanded King universe and leading to a remake of trucks as their version of Endgame? Jesus. Uh, where I do could you even see, start? I could see trucks serving as an Endgame like thing because you get all the characters trapped in one place. So what if it's like mm. you got Jack Torrance, you got Cooge, you got Christine, you got Annie Wilkes, you got Annie Wilkes, you got uh, Ace Merrill, Paul Sheldon rolls Paul in there. Paul Sheldon. Everyone's in this little diner mm-hmm. as the trucks come to life. What else <laughs> could possibly. <laughs> oh, that's just trucks. I thought they were saying it's going to be like. Trucks is the end game. Is is Avengers End Game basically? Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm everything. Co- everything shows up in trucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so all of the you know things come to life, like in the, the short story, mm-hmm. um, and in Max. Is it Overdrive. a comet or is it just unexplained? It's like it's like in this what, version. It, no, it's just like what Thanos is. Is what the trucks are. Maybe it's like the kings. You know, the the Dark Tower coming together, and it's ri- all the ripples from the Dark Tower are causing car, uh, trucks to come to life. It's true. You know. I don't see that happening, but <laughs> I just want to hear Idris's hey. voice come over the come over the intercom saying on your left, and then a door opens, and then uh, not Roland walks through, but Cooge. <laughs> uh, looks like we'll have a multiverse. What if Idris voiced Cooge? Oh, I'd be absolutely down. Like, what if what, what if they did Cujo, but it was like Beethoven, but you hear the inner monologue, it's Idris. <laughs> and it's the same dog they used as Cujo in the Dark Tower I love it. Oh, yeah, the one. The, Specifically the, that the one. one. Get Charles Groden, Charles yeah. Groden comes back. Oh, I'd love Charles Groden to come back. Would Groden be a uh, camper? He'd be, he'd be Where's the, my dog? Ghost of, <laughs> ghost of Camper. For a moment, I was like, wait, Groden was in Cujo? But then I'm like, oh, you're talking about Beethoven. Would love him in Cujo, especially if he's like the jealous boyfriend. <laughs> These days, what they would do is they'd actually, uh, no, they'd bring back, she, they would bring back, left. they'd bring back David Duchovny. Oh, God. Yeah. Because now he's a big star yeah. and he'd be on the poster. He's like, hey, look, I'm just looking for my babe. Um, Donna, <laughs> where's Donna? <laughs> Cujo, have you seen her? <laughs> Um, well, look, no, actually, Charles Grodin would be the father in Cujo. He's just, you just, you look, you don't have to wake up and have pancakes. You don't, you don't have, have to, to have wake su- up. You don't have to have waffles. Just have some cereal. 
Just what's wrong with these lines from Clifford? Yeah, I'm just imagining he's always like bemused and also exasperated at the same time. Yes. So you know, and just so you know, listeners, this is how we are going to stay spoiler free. We're just yes. going a lot of tangents. Yeah. So do they really float down there? He asks, and I think uh, what does he mean by that? I think he's asking if we see people floating. I, we definitely see at least yeah. one person floating in this film. Yeah. Yes. So there's, there's that answer. There's uh, plenty of floatage. And, and there's a lot of, I, lot I of balloon floating. I think leading to the expanded King universe, uh, I don't know how earnest this question is, but I think the the idea that we'll start to see crossover with other franchises, uh, no. 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 They've, so, they've tried unsuccessfully and, and, and or tried to at least lay them down the groundwork, and I, I just don't see that happening in a way that's satisfying at all. Mm. Yeah. So Cassandra Furland Drake asks, where the adult losers or were the adult losers good enough to overcome their prettiness or was it distracting throughout? How did the casting com- compare in terms of effectiveness, believability to the miniseries? I actually love this question mm-hmm, because yeah. I feel like it's not spoiler to say it's not. it's not. I am astounded by how good the casting was yeah. in terms of, in terms of, looking like the children. Yeah. Cause I know that I was very skeptical because when I see a photo of like Jay Ryan, right. Uh, yeah. who plays adult Ben mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I saw this guy in top of the lake and that's pretty much it. And, but then you see him and you mm-hmm. see like his jawline. Yeah. He looks exactly he, he like does. the kid what, what who I, played. Yeah. Ben. What, what I was saying when I was, uh, to Sam afterwards was, um, he looks like someone that could have been, uh, heavy when he was younger. Yeah. He's very like, it's the same thing with Christopher, you know, Chris, Christopher Pratt. Um, it's the same <laughs> thing as Chris Pratt where he's got a very big bone structure, but he's also really lean and muscular. So like, I, I actually really thought that was great because there have been so many situations where people that were, you know, once heavy that they, they lose it, but they can't lose the bone structure. And like Jay Reiner or Jay Ryan has that. Yes. And I think that was really key. Seriously, this, I was like this, astounded. This movie goes all in on that because there's some there's some scenes where it literally just transposes the kid's face yep. on the adult face, and I mean there's there's some to the great effect. I mean, obviously with James Ransom yep. and, and Jack Dylan Grazer, like it's like dead on. Yeah, they oh, look the really same. Spot on. Yeah, I, I I do I do believe that. Watching and I was worried about that when they cast it because I just didn't see it. But in the movie, you really do see you really do see it. They are mm-hmm. they are dead spot on as to the. Perform- what was the other part of the question? Was it the perform- performance? Oh, yeah. How did the, the casting compare to the miniseries? I actually I think, think it's much better. I think I it's, much better. Yeah. it's much better. It's much better for sure. Uh, I don't I think, think performance-wise, I think it, it's um, there's some give and takes on both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that the problem is that, like, I never really get the sense that Jessica Chastain has anything really to do in this. So, like, I can't, like... Save it for next week. I know, I know. But, like, but but that, like, does fall into, like, she looks like she looks Sophia just like That's the thing, yeah. is that and I think they got the casting dead on in terms yeah. of appearance, but in terms of the way they handle those characters in this movie versus the miniseries, I think there's a trade-off. Yeah. I think there's some things that do excel, and there's some that... I'd, I'd, I'd take the miniseries over it. Because I'd say Annette O'Toole is like MVP of the miniseries, and She's she amazing. has a lot more to do in that, in I, that one. I think, but like, yeah. I think Isaiah and Chosen are very, like, it's amazing casting. And, um, and to speak to Isaiah, like, with the, the, the prettiness that you're talking about here, he definitely overcomes that because they make him, I, I would never imagine that he was like an old Spice. Yeah, the old Spice. He, like, no, I never thought that. I thought no. he did a really good yeah. job. And uh, yeah, and then obviously I think Hater is a pretty solid ringer for mm-hmm. Young Finn. 
Batman. And then also, I think, I guess to me, the, the weaker ones in terms of, I'm only talking pure looks here yeah. was McAvoy and Jaden. Not mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could it work. Yeah, it works. It, but it's, but it. it's like, and then, uh, Andy Bean and, and, um, Wyatt. Olaf. Oh, see, I thought they were pretty really. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I, I guess I have to see it again. I didn't think it was like bad, but no, I didn't also, fully see it. Look, this isn't really spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> you don't see them a lot. <laughs> you don't see them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the, the scenes that you do see, like I, I was kind of like shocked at that, but the only one that like, I mean, really like Hater and, and Wolfhard, they are match in like their mannerisms and like their, their actions, like in the way that they kind yes. of, they're, they're sort of, um, chemistry with the group also. Like he's, you know, he's just as a loud mouth as, you know, Finn Wolfhard was in the first one and or trash mouth, should I say? And so if, in that respect, I think it's more about the energy they bring as yes. opposed to like the direct look because God knows yeah, how if much you were going for the direct look. I feel like older Finn Wolfhard would have been, what's his name from the dark Knight, that Chicago actor. Yes. I'm talking about Damian oh, David Den- yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, they, you know, obviously like you're saying though, I do think that Bill Hader, does that really what yeah. character wise and is able to act similar and do, you know, like you it, can it tell he studied that. Finn from yeah. the yes. first movie yes. because he has certain things that he does that are totally on point. Yeah. With yeah. Finn does, and, so. I, and I'll say that this Richie is far more effective to me than the Harry Anderson one. From yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Hard agree. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, move on. Um, Nick Rem asks, how is the score? I thought Benjamin Wolfish did an excellent job creating a unique and memorable score for chapter one. And I'm curious to know how chapter two score compares. I really like his score in chapter one. And I think all the cues that they use in chapter two, which is a lot, um, are fine. I mean, they're the same. I mean, in, in that respect, I mean, in terms of like, the thing is, is that, and this isn't a spoiler, is that chapter two is like a legit, like they go all in on knowing that this is going to be a blockbuster. And so like, you're going to have a lot more event style sequences also because that's what, what happens in the adult section of the book. But they really go in for like making this like a more popcorn, bigger, broader movie. And I think the score has to have that sort of elasticity. And so like, there's a lot of like, <sighs> like very Christopher Nolan-esque, like uh, Hans Zimmer-esque, uh, you know, Scourge there, which makes sense considering that Wallfish worked with Zimmer on like Blade Runner yeah, 2049 Blade Runner, yeah. and he's kind of a student of this. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you like the first movie score, you're probably gonna like this one because the, the I mean, they use the cues like nonstop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, I it, to me, it was, it personally, it wasn't super memorable, but I, if you liked the first one, I have no doubt saying that you would like the score in the second one. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like, they do. They, they, those concur. cues and those themes are are definitely used a lot. Jason Lee's asks: After seeing Chapter Two, do you see a way that there could be a master cut where the two chapters are edited together to mirror the way the novel was done as you, one five-hour epic? You think this is Brody? Brody? Yeah, Jason Lee. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Brody Bruce. Um, can you can can you do the question in Brody's voice um, or uh, Jason uh, Lee's after voice? After seeing Chapter Two. <laughs> Do you see a way that there could be a master cut where the two chapters are edited together to mirror the way the novel was done as one five-hour epic? He's like, that clown is, <laughs> is on the river again. On the river again. <laughs> uh, um, that's my best, Jason Lee. I, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, that's it's all right. Yeah. There's more nuance to it that I, I just, I need to revisit Mallrats. Uh, what about Banksy, though? Like, after seeing chapter two, I'm not having sex, Holden. <laughs> I forgot his name was Banksy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but this is actually happening, isn't it? Uh, well, it's weird because so Andy Machietti, prior to when we saw the screening, actually, like I think even the day of or maybe the day before, had teased that there is a director's cut for both films. 
and that he's also working on a cut that's going to coming all together. Now, now, does that mean that it's just going to tape them together, which you can easily do, almost like Halloween, Halloween two, or is it going to be something as you're saying, like a comprehensive thing where it's going to have the adults and the the kids in tandem? I think they're given all the footage that is seemingly cut from this movie. Um, I think there's a lot that you could kind of pad there to make something like I I keep using, I use this a lot in my review that's going to be published probably after this, whenever the embargo drops that it could be something like a hateful eight um, extended uncut thing that they do on Netflix. Or if you add all the footage that was for the first one, which I don't think was a lot, but there's still some and add a ton of the footages in the second one and maybe even do some reshoots to kind of get some of the more side stories in there. And especially stuff involving the Bowers gang, you could probably do something a little longer. Mm-hmm. I feel, I mean, at least it's something episodic. I would be, I would be interested in watching like, you know, we have the Adrian Mellon sequence. Like I'd be interested in watching like a book oriented version of this, like, yeah. like, like, uh, where things fall in the mm-hmm. book kind of thing to see if that would land no. the same way. Um, I just don't, I don't see know. I think it's movie, hard. I think it's hard because I don't think that you have, unless there's a lot of adult cut stuff, I don't think there's enough adult stuff to litter through that movie. That movie would just be, you know, yeah. 75, 80% kids in a, in a good way. So I love all the kids stuff mostly, but I, I don't know how you do that. And, and I don't know how you intercut that and make, and, and have the gravity there. But yeah. I, apparently they are going to try to do that. So, um, well, that's, was a, there I mean, a lot of studio interference? Like, is this, is it, is it really quote unquote a director's cut? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think he want to do certain things that they said no to. Originally? I think it's honestly a case of just, they had so much, much and they had him. to cut. I mean, it's already a long movie. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, just think about the stuff that they do cut in this movie. We're not going to express, you know, explain that that's going to be next week, but right. There is a lot that's cut out of this movie, and there are a lot of things that you're like, well, wait a second, why is that person introduced and then never again? So I have to imagine, like, in that four hours, I mean, he said that the, I think the first cut was four hours or something like that. Whoa. That's like an hour and 25 yeah. minutes of footage Good at least. Lord. I really wonder what that is. Um, Let's move on. Greg Holler asks, can you envision a series based on all the interludes from the book and possibly even backstories on characters like Butch Bowers and Adrian Mellon? Ronnie Grogan. Who's Ronnie Grogan? I don't remember who Ronnie Grogan is. Sounds like a a stand character. (laughs) Yeah, Dorgan Drogan. Yeah. No. No? I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely, if if there's, yeah, yeah, if some, if if people are like, man, people are clamoring for more it. I can see them taking it and and doing like maybe like a mini like a like a TV series where it's just like standalone it stories from different people or the the backstories et cetera et cetera. But I don't want to see that necessarily, yeah. and I don't think that that's where. I mean, who's helming that? I mean, it would have mm-hmm. to be like straight horror, but clearly. I don't know. I don't. No. I personally don't see that happening. I don't see it working in the world that they've created. I'd love a Henry Bowers series. I know you would. Finally, do them right. I kept turning over because we were sitting. We had to sit in separate sections, and I kept turning over to you whenever like the Bowers things were happening because I wanted to see what your reactions on were some of this stuff. But um, I'll share some of that next yeah. week. Yeah. Um, so. Tracy Tordoff asks, do you see a chapter three in the future? No. No. No, this is, this is it. it. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> this is this it. This is it. Um, 
Although, I mean, I like we're talking about like future series and and pro, like prolonged sort of things. Clearly, that that idea is in the air, and I'm sure that they're going to try to milk this IP at least a little bit more somehow. I mean, I can see you know putting together like the five hour cut, like you're talking yeah. about putting on Netflix. Seems like an easy way to make some money. Easy, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, the the one thing that I guess you could factor into this question is. Does King see uh, quote unquote chapter three like a, a sequel to this? I mean, he loves to revisit it. He does, yeah. In later books, the Dairy Gang, yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe you can include some of the people from Dreamcatcher. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying not to laugh because I just I was just trying to think like what what is what is it chapter three? It's yeah. uh, them as old people what a, fighting it. <laughs> But at the end of this movie, like, How old what, they be? what is like the third, third It movie look like at the end of this movie? What if it's like Mr. Mercedes where it's just a whole other adventure? <laughs> yeah. They're like, <laughs> oh, I actually, a totally different beast. I know what it is, but I'm going to save it for the review because it gives something away. Oh, yeah, that's really that. funny. Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Christine Spau asks, did the CGI benefit the effectiveness of the story or detract from the believability? Um, honestly, I think it's a mixed bag. Very mixed bag. I think there's moments where it shines. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's done very well. Um, especially towards the end of the movie. I think there's a lot of that sequence. There's a couple sequences I think that are done really well. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, there's, there's just a lot like of the, the same bullshit. From the first movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. not like anything you're not expecting, but it, there wasn't anything that was like stand out. Like, Oh man, this is, this is really bad. It's just like uh, more of the same issues that we have with some of the CG in the first movie. But I yeah, but then it the CG is definitely better at times than it was in the first. Yeah, well, they movie. threw yeah. a lot more money at this movie. Yeah, exactly. Considering and there's a couple of really, there are some really, really great sequences. Yeah, there are some really well done well, sequences. I well. mean, honestly, the team that was behind the the special effects for the first one have done like stuff like Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I mean, so they they can do great effects. Yeah, it's just yeah. I was I was just like, actually guested on um, the Horror Queers podcast, and we talked about the first it, and one of the longest discussions we actually had was about the CGI and why uh, was it so bad because. They they had a budget, you know, like there was a, it wasn't like a cheap movie by any means, mm-hmm. and but yet the and the the people are obviously like they can make some great stuff with like with the team they have, but I, maybe they put the budget elsewhere, you know, with whether it's the songs or like the actual locations, I don't know, yeah, but I don't know. it's yeah, just say, just, just say no to CG blood. Yeah, John Dustin Patterson asks, how does it stack up to Maximum Overdrive? Ooh, that's that's not that hard. <laughs> Top of that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Kylie Bean, maybe she's related to Andy Bean. Um, asks which part was better, first or second? Also, did it keep the friendship theme and storyline as central in the second part as it was in the first? Um, should we say w- which is better right now? Should we say that? I for think next that's week? fine. I think you could do that. I mean, without going too crazy, I'll yeah. just very simply say first one was better. I agree. I agree that the first one is definitely better. Also, did it keep the theme of friendship and the storyline is central in the second part as it was in the first? Um, yeah, I yeah. Mean, the whole movie's about friendship. But we'll probably yeah. talk more about that next week. Yeah, to like the effectiveness to it, yeah. sure. Michael John, were you able to enjoy it despite Gary Doberman? I don't know. I don't want to get into that yet because I, I feel like <clears throat> that inevitably tips him hands regarding reviews. Um, well, you could say, but without getting to the specifics, I think you could pretty much give a thumbs up, thumbs down type thing and like, you know. Um, I think you already do based on <laughs> yeah. 
I just I, I just want to keep this as pure as possible. Okay. You know? I will I will say that let's just say that Dotterman is an MVP of the let's just say let's just say let's just say go right out there and say it. Let's just say Dotterman wrote this movie. Yes. Yeah, let's just say it didn't change our opinion of Gary Dotterman. Yeah. Um okay. Corey Caudill says, I feel the bloated length of many recent blockbusters has be, have become problematic. Do you feel it chapter two is deserving of its two and a half plus hours running time? That's a tough question. I mean, um, I think given the context and where this was going, I think absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that if you have two and a half hours, two and I mean, look, it's only 30 minutes longer than the first movie. I thought the first movie actually could have benefited from maybe even 10 to 15 more minutes. I think it's the, the, the runtime is warranted now how they use it. Yeah, I think the runtime's warranted. I, I think it's fine. I mean, I feel like most big blockbuster movies are two hours, 30 minutes, two hours, 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And there's plenty of story to mine in this book. You yeah. know, I mean, the miniseries is long. This could have this could have been longer and still been really entertaining and interesting. There's like we were saying earlier, there's sequences and things that were cut out and sequences that were added. You know what I mean? Uh, like there's there's definitely more there. Again, like you were saying, with the effectiveness of how they how they use that time is is more the issue. But I think that there, I had no problem with the runtime being long for this no, movie. No. Sarah Davis King asks, "Who inhabited their role the most effectively, and who would you consider the weakest link in terms of the cast?" I think we're all pretty much on the same level. I mean, I think pretty much the internet who saw it, Team Hater. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd agree. And I then also think Ransom. I also think Ransom's spot on. Uh, He's spot on. Yeah. But yeah, there's some problems uh, with his like, yeah, yeah, I agree. (laughs) Well, yeah, the way they handle it, it literally bumps into the door. Uh, (laughs) So, but then as for weakest, um, honestly, I'd say Chastain. Um, yeah, but it's, I mean, it's not necessarily her fault. Um, we'll talk I, more about that next week. But what do you got, Matt? I think the the guy I played Ben just didn't do it for me. No, yeah. I mean, like I, I think Ch- I mean Chastain. Chastain's fine. It's I, again, it's not. It's it's almost. And then we'll get into more of this next week. But it's not really the performances no. of the actors necessarily. It's what's given. <laughs> yeah, it's what's given. Yeah. So um, Connor Edmund asked, "Can I come with?" No. Uh, but more seriously, I'm very interested with the Pennywise flashback sequence, how much they show of the kid losers and the extent of how cosmic it gets. Um, interesting question. So Pennywise flashback sequence. Um, I don't want to say much about that just yet, but then I would say. What do you think we'll talk about this? Well, they're then? talking about. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? They're talking about, talk about in the spoilers. review. Like next week? Yeah. When I is, don't want to spoil I know, no, I know. We, we just keep saying. We're going to talk about well, next week. People <laughs> ask people ask some really interesting questions. I just, we, that we, to me, it does lead to spoilers. That, is, it is that a to me crazy leads spoiler. to spoilers. It does. So. It does. It does. I will say, like in terms of how much do we see of the kid losers, more than I thought. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the was, kids are in a lot more of the movie than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. For a second, I was like. Uh, am I watching it chapter one? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we'll leave the cosmic stuff for now just cause I don't want to spoil anything. We could, I mean, is there comics, the cosmic stuff though? Um, I mean, I think that's actually, I think it toys with it. I would say there's a lot of cosmic stuff in the book and there is hints at it in the first one and we'll leave it, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Okay. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. <laughs> um, Lexington, uh, hold on one second. Katsakian, how was the score? Uh, we actually already talked about that. Yeah. Um, and now that it's complete, how does it compare to the TV series? Are there things that did better or worse? I think it's a better or worse situation. I think I think yeah. the movie, this movie does some things better, yeah. and the miniseries did some things better. I like that weird, like, on the miniseries, like whenever it oh, did the yeah. title. I thought that was kind of creepy. 
Yeah, I think that... Um, Oh, and I think this personally, and again, this is hard because we grew up with this. Some of us. I didn't. Yeah. No. The score of the first one is superior to me. I th- and I, and I, it's hard because, you know, this is a miniseries I watched multiple times, you know, and I watched it when I was yeah. the age of these losers, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. those things, that stuff was scary and the scores and the incidental music is scary. And it, it like you were saying, like whenever they go into the sewers, that music, like that stuff is just in my bones. And it's, it's, so also- it's hard because I'm not watching this. I, I really wish we could round up a bunch of kids <laughs> that sounds oh, awful. Jesus. Round up a bunch of kids that saw this movie and get their opinion on it because I because you know like well I'm, I'm sure not, a bunch of adults watching the miniseries didn't think it was any good but when I watched it when I was a kid I loved yeah. it you know like well, I had that connection to it first off there are two different types of styles of like horror scores going on now like so in the early 90s and this is something that we talked about actually on our previous episode with Christopher Young um, when you talked about the dark half and Nightmare 2 and everything he basically in that episode we talked about how you know, back in the seventies, eighties, and even the early nineties, you would have these more iconic textures in the scores that would be signature to that movie. And they would actually be almost like uh, a calling card of whoever was the evil yeah. at that moment. That's not really the case so much anymore with horror. Like you rarely ever, you know, you rarely ever get like a signature theme attributed you don't get to the Jaws theme. Exactly. You don't get, yeah, yeah. It's just not that kind of thing these days. Yeah. But on the note with the kids thing. So during this screening, I, um, you know, Sam and I were sitting next to a little kid with, uh, his older brother, um, mm-hmm. who were watching the film together. And, uh, it was really cute because the kid kept like putting his like shirt over his head. Cause he was like freaking out at some of the scenes. What and, then, and then his, his brother left, uh, to go to the bathroom. He was just like, he was like looking over to his dad and he actually moved over to the chair next to his dad, Aww. like to be with them. I thought that was pretty That's precious. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael Draro I mean, asks how close to the book is the Adrian Mellon sequence? I think pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't take much to transfer it to modern times. No. It's, oh, seriously. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Of, of what they do from that specific sequence. Yes. It's yeah. pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I am wondering if there's more footage from that whole narrative. Yeah, I would have liked I, to see. I would have liked to see because I'm I'm not sure the effectiveness of the it. rest of that entire like the interrogations story, and stuff. The interrogations, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, I oh, think yeah. I think that that is what is so great about that sequence. I mean, yeah, the Pennywise scare there and what happens is is gross and scary. Mm-hmm. But I, for me, what stuck what always stuck with me was the way that the rest of that interrogation played out because it really tells a lot about the about the story of Derry. But yeah. the issue is, is that we already know about Jerry. We already know about all this stuff. So it's like, they're not going to do that here, but if they do do that, that bigger expanded cut and they have some stuff like that, I think that'd be wonderful to put it's a pretty good in. opening, you know? Yeah. yeah I like it. It's, it's a, it's a good opening. reintroduction. Yeah. 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 I like Xavier Dolan. Zab- I thought, I thought Xavier did a, a pretty great job. He's great. Season. Yeah. Good casting. Good actor. Yeah. yeah. It's wild that he's like 27 and has made like six movies that are all critically acclaimed. Yeah. That yeah. is pretty crazy. <laughs> Talk about uh, you know, Doogie Howser over here. Um, <laughs> What about so the villain in that scene isn't? I think he's the guy from It Follows who oh I recognized him everything oh um, interesting yeah he's I like, didn't recognize him yeah he was the I think he's the guy that sleeps with Micah Monroe in the beginning oh gotcha uh, um, so he's a scumbag in that he's a scumbag in this <laughs> I liked him I and he stood out to me I thought uh, and I recognized him and I also recognized like the smaller kid mm. who was part of that yeah I, that was weird like yeah, that yeah. kid was mean I yeah. know but I, re- really, I swear really I'd, I'd seen that kid in something yeah. um, Crystal Brown does. Stephen King have a cameo. I have a good answer for this. Okay. We're going to talk about it next week. Okay. Uh, Jody Coburn 
asks two refrigerators, Stan's head and the murder fridge. Do they do either? Um, I think we could probably confirm some things because these are like. Why don't we do this? Why don't we confirm one yes, Yes. one no? Okay. So you figure out the rest. Hmm. And let me just say that the one that is yes is in a very different context. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But it works. In my opinion, it works really well. Unlike the miniseries. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yes. Because yeah, the miniseries, that is the low light of the miniseries, is yeah. Stan's head in the fridge. So, yeah, I agree. Followed I agree. up by a very good scene. But, yes, okay, I do agree with you. <laughs> I think we, we pretty much already answered this next one. So, we'll, let's, maybe we go to Kevin Fitzsimmons? Yeah. Okay. Uh, did they go down the Reddy Road? I, I don't understand what you mean. Do they mean Eddie? Uh, I, thought they, I thought they meant Eddie. But what is, what is the context of the question before that, though? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't there. Oh, it just says that? Yeah. It just says, that's all it says. Um, I really hope it doesn't mean like, um, did they go down the ready road? Maybe I'm forgetting that from the book. I, don't I can't know. remember. I think what they were asking was maybe I thought what they were asking was Eddie and, and in terms of like Eddie's outcome in the, in the movie oh. versus like, do they do that? Well, if that's the case, you'll find out next week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Nelson. I like this question. How long is Bill's ponytail? Uh, let's just say oh, not so as long, long as, so not as long, long as, um, um, Richard Thomas, Richard Thomas in the original. God, I love Richard Thomas, but that ponytail man is killer. Oh, um, speaking of, uh, uh, you know, cameos. One thing I will say is look very closely with the return of the losers and you might see a familiar face from the miniseries. Are you serious? Oh yeah. I did not catch this. Oh, I forgot to even mention this. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one, it's uh, it's uh, let's just say it's uh, in a boardroom. Ooh, mm-hmm. then yeah. I am going to think about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Um, Chelsea D. Castler asks, "Is it a good sequel? Does it feel like it naturally fits to the first one?" That I think is a very good question. Yeah, and one that I think we will definitely talk about next week. And I would say, I think if I do have an issue, it's that I genuinely don't feel like it's a good sequel. Mm. I kind of tip my hand a little, but I'll, I'll just that's say fine that though. I mean, that doesn't mean I'll say yeah. that it feels like a it feels like a sequel to the first movie. Like it's not like a completely different movie. No, but. Whether it's a good sequel, I'll, I'll will keep my mouth shut. I I think it's a fine sequel. I think that it's in it definitely. I think it definitely fits in the first one, just in the sense of how much it leans on the first one. Yes, you yes. know, and like yes. Yes. by that nature, it has to. So, uh-huh. but I honestly, I th- I think if you if you really loved the first one. I think that, you know, there's, there's going to be something that you're, I mean, there will be something for you here, you know? And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I, if you love the first movie, th- you will enjoy this movie yeah. most likely. I guess for me, it's like, it, it all ties back to what you just said about how hard it leans on the first movie. Mm-hmm. I just, I like to think that a good sequel it's it can exist like it doesn't mean that it needs to exist independently of the first movie because usually sequels can't but it should be able to stand on its own two legs i will say it's it's more of a sequel in the sense of avengers endgame and back to the future ah, that's a good one and especially endgame when you think of what that the majority of that movie is right so. that's a good point okay um brian petrata asks spider uh we'll talk about it next week <laughs> Um, Simon Blebby asks, does Bill Hader chew scenes? Um, yes, but in a good way. Yeah. 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 I mean, there, there's a, there are a couple of moments towards the end 
when it gets a little much. Uh, but even then, you're just like, <laughs> it's Bill Hader. Yeah. I, yeah, I really love Bill Hader. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I think that there's there are times where it's a, a bit much. But but it usually, when if he is chewing on anything, you're very much enjoying it. I, I will say some of the stuff uh, with Bill Hader, uh, you might be surprised about. And also... Um, be impacted in a very interesting way. In a way you're probably not expecting. Exactly. Martin Banks, final question. Turtle? Let me say this. There is a turtle that you see on the desk of a school classroom. Beyond that, we'll talk about it next week. Mm -hmm. But I will say, there is a turtle uh, that is in the movie. There is. So this is just all one big tease. Yeah, it really is. For our review. And I think that if you've listened to us as long as you have been listening to us over the years, that you've got a pretty good idea where we la- where we lay for yeah. our review. But uh, I'm, I'm, I hope this gets you excited about seeing the movie because we were all excited about seeing it. And... Um, and there's, uh, I mean, there's, you, you, you got to, you have there's to definitely it. stuff to be excited about. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. gear up for it. We're excited to hear your thoughts on it mm-hmm. after you guys see it. And yeah, we'll be here with Anthony Bresnik and next week to lay out our thoughts. I think we all have a ton. Same crew, right? Uh, yeah. Same crew. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of the other losers will be able to see it. No, um, I mean, there's then. another screening that's going to be happening, but I think it's gonna be cutting it close. So, yeah. So we're excited to do that. And, um, it's been fun. We're glad to be back. I have a question. Yeah. Since we laid out a lot of the stuff that's going on in the season coming up, what are you most excited for now? What do you mean now? Like, oh. Well, now that you've seen the, the what was the big event that we had even prior to this, like what would you say well, now what, that we're, we've moved on from dairy personally, you know, in our head, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what would you say is the next thing that you would personally hype for the constant listeners? I mean, I'm super. Do you mean pod wise? Yeah. No, just, I, no, 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 just like in the King universe. The King oh, in the King universe. Yeah. I mean, well, a, I'm really excited to revisit Needful Things for the pod. Yeah. And then B, movie wise. Yeah. Um, I think I am extremely excited for uh for Doctor Sleep. Ditto. To be to be to be honest. Yeah. Um, I am excited for Doctor Sleep, but I'm actually more excited for creep show yeah <laughs> i'm like really really interested in that because i think it's also one of those you know week to week situations where you know if i don't like this episode okay but there could be a great few episodes yeah. in there uh and yeah, i'm just chomping at the bits for that i you know I've, what, oh, I've invested so much time in creep show um you got a big story dropping <laughs> soon cover story that's gonna be uh, running next week it's very extensive, and I'm pouring through like 40 pages of interview notes right wow. now. Well, that's yeah. why you're ready for Doctor Sleep. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're looking forward. To that. I, I but I agree. Zero, I've only seen the trailer once, so I'm pretty. You know what I was geared up. You know what I was excited about until I saw one of the still images from it um, was in the tall grass, which is premiering at Fantastic Fest. Yeah. But then I saw a dog in the promo photo, Uh-oh. and I said, "Keep that dog out of the tall grass." But you it's know not it good. won't. It's gonna go in the tall grass. I know, and it'll be bad. Man. You know, Justin and I were watching a movie recently, and I, I. I something happened to a dog and, and you don't see it on screen, but I, I turned and I said, Randall couldn't, couldn't make it. To what this movie one. was it? Old Yeller. Oh, uh, Old Yeller. It's like the obvious. <laughs> Where the red fern um, grows. Rambo. First blood. Was it oh. really? Or, excuse me. First blood. But yes, the I've first Rambo movie. First blood. So you, I guess I can't watch it now. Uh, you, you know, you don't see it. You just hear, you hear a yelp. And if yeah. you can, if you can handle that, you don't see anything happen to the dog. It's hard. It's like when I watch Halloween and he kills the dog. I know. That's, like, really... that's always hard for me. Yeah. We'll also I be covering uh, all of the Rambo movies and the <laughs> Rambo film coming out. Rambo, yes. Rambo, 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 Rambo
the, 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 the Trumper Actioneer uh, coming out next month. Uh, Cannot wait oh, for it. Yeah, no, Come I know, on. I know. But Come that's what's, how it's going to be seen. So uh, uh, We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Uh, I'm going to say this was fun. It's good to be back. We'll be back next week with our It review. And uh, in the meantime, long, long days, days and, and pleasant, pleasant nights. nights. Consequence Podcast Network.